The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. I love hearing from you and knowing the kind of shows that you enjoy and the types of people that we feature. Today, we're featuring an original thinker, a guy that um, is about being part of the change, uh, someone that's a difference maker uh, by the willingness to be different. Ryan Hyde, welcome to our show today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me, Temple. No, oh, it's a it's a pleasure, and it was a pleasure to meet you at the Parliament of the World Religions. So I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to tell our audience how you know we live as intentional spirits, and when you're kind of living in a place of being awake and being aware um, at the Parliament of the World Religions, I was seeking a place to sit in the middle. And I needed to interrupt this person that I didn't know named Ryan um, to get in the middle of the aisle. And I was like, oh, I hope you can take me because I get up and down a bit and this and that going on. And so the whole process led to us having this wonderful conversation. And Mm -hmm. um, so that's how, how we met. And then I became aware of the great work that he does. So you never know in a moment what will be a redefining moment in your life of people that you're mm-hmm. supposed to know if you take the time and you're present, right, Ryan? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, it was a very chance meeting, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to have had that chance meeting. As am I. So, um, Ryan, how, how did you get on a, a, a unity, a new thought, a metaphysical, a sense of opening, um, how did your path start? Did you, have you always been this way? Did it develop over well, time? Tell us your story. Well, I think, yeah, well, you know, I think what happened is, you know, I, I always, I think my path in life led me to where I am at. Um, it wasn't always a straightforward path. There were a lot of, you know, different twists and turns in life and different circumstances happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm uh, relatively young. I'm, I'm in my uh, mid, uh, mid-20s. And so, you know, a lot of life events happen just naturally because, you know, when you're younger, you go through a lot of uh, changes in environments, um, you know, such as graduations from high school and college. And, you know, you, you try and, and discover your, your place in the world. Um, and, you know, that's just, you know, being a youth um, that just happens naturally. Um, so what happened um, was I had a, a sort of spiritual crisis um, back in 2008, 2009. And, um, you know, originally um, May 2009 was really the start of, of what I define as my spiritual journey because that's really the first uh, awakening um, that I had. And um, I was, you know, 16 at the time. And um, 
And so what happened was I, I took on this, this persona of, of being a spiritual person. And um, it took uh, many different forms. Um, you know, I had a, I've been, was born and raised a Catholic. And then, um, you know, in 2009, I became a very active Catholic. And then a couple years down the road, um, you know, a lot of events had happened, a lot of things had changed, and um, I became disillusioned with uh, my current spiritual situation or my current uh, religious situation. So I sought new groups to be a part of, and then I became very actively involved in Mormonism for about a year. Uh, went short of actually being baptized into the uh, Latter-day Saint faith, but it had given me the, the opportunity to, to experience a new uh, religious tradition, had, had offered me a new, uh, a new way of thinking about just religion and spirituality in general. So when I had uh, left where I'd grown up in Littleton, Colorado, and I, um, <clears throat> and I moved to Boulder, I became exposed to a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. And um, that kind of led me down this, this more free thought, more spiritual path. And that led me to writing my first book um, when I was a uh, freshman, sophomore in college. And, and just, it just evolved from there. Tell us about your, your first book, Ryan. Well, uh, my first book, um, Through Mind's Eyes, was a, a compilation, more or less, of of my um, thoughts, my um, my journey, and how my journey had led to these thoughts. Um, you know, a lot of it, um, a lot of it's uh, based upon personal experience. A lot of it is is taken from different uh, religious traditions that I had uh, been a part of, and um, it kind of morphed itself into this this philosophy that I now hold. That is, um, that is, is, it seems like a jumble, but as it evolved, it became a more succinct, um, a more succinct, uh, way of thinking, um, that seems, uh, unique, but as I have come to find out, as, uh, my studies in college have, uh, continued to evolve, um, I had realized that this line of thinking is very much in line with, um, the, the natural evolution of, of spiritual thought, of religious thought. And if you uh, look into the spiritual journeys of, of people that we revere throughout history, it's very similar. They, they have a crisis of sorts. They go through different uh, processes to come to this, this knowledge um, that we all seek. And they had come to this knowledge and... Um, I'm going down this very similar path to where, you know, we're always seeking that, that, that great thing that defines who we are. And in seeking it, your, your uh, traditions, the way in which you want to express your uh, spirituality um, changes over time. And, and um, you know, I think that's, uh, that's something that a lot of us are seeking, but not a lot of us are actually um, not a lot of us are actually understanding. It's, it's your spiritual um, essence is not defined by a tradition. It's defined by your personal experiences, defined by the people, it's defined by events. And through those people, through those events, you come to find your, your spiritual essence. And then you can um, express that spiritual essence in all sorts of different ways. I love that. Uh, that kind of brings to mind uh, a couple of things um, that I that I think about. Uh, one of them is um, the story of John Newton uh, having um, been brought up in, in an extreme traditional um, a Baptist background, and that not uh, it really worked for my family, but it didn't resonate for me. If for no other reason, because I couldn't accept that. We were the only ones that were right in the world and everybody else was wrong. That whole thing, you know. But um, so that song Amazing Grace, I always liked it. But because of all the other victimhood around the teaching and the, you know, that, 
that we were never going to be okay and that we were always worthless and needed to come back for more. I didn't really appreciate that song until I researched it, and I discovered that uh, John Newton had followed the path of his father, uh, bringing slaves uh, from from Africa. And so he was a captain of a ship. Are you familiar with that story, Ryan? Um, you know, I wasn't raised in that tradition, so I'm not. Um, I know right. from Calvin. But, you know, yeah, I, but you're familiar with the song Amazing Grace. I mean, oh, yeah, it's one I am. The, mm-hmm. the top songs of all times. But that being said, um, the guy that wrote it, John Newton, he was following the ways of his dad. And in reference to what you're saying, he was on the ship. They had almost a, a near-death accident. And out of that space, he created that song. So he had that spiritual crisis, you know, that you are referring to. And he became then, he realized that for him to individuate uh, his creator or God, that there was that divine awakening that happened within him, that he couldn't follow the ways of his dad but that he needed mm-hmm. to follow his own way and his own path. And um, and I love that. And I love what you're offering in, in the book because um, that's so true. I like to define it as it's the distinction between our birth story, what we're born into, our environment, the school where we're sent, you know, those kind of things that aren't necessarily in our choice or in our control in our younger years. And then our creation story. And our creation mm-hmm. story is we take crisis, we take um, drama or trauma or or whatever, someone not seeing us, um, and it, we allow it to create our greatness. We allow it to chip away what we no longer want to hold on to that was just automatic in our in our birth story. Right. Right. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the one of the defining features of what I believe is that, you know, like I said, it's not necessarily the, the religious tradition that you're brought up in that defines you. Because, um, you know, if you read some statistics, I think about half of Americans, especially, they switch religions at some point in time in their life. So it tells me that, you know, as we evolve, as our personal story evolves, um, our expression, the way in which we religiously define our spirituality, whether that's Catholic, Protestant, Mormon, Muslim, it changes as your spirituality evolves. And that's what kind of that's kind of what I saw was I had been raised in this tradition. I became very active in this tradition, but over time, I became disillusioned with the with the Catholic Church. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, then I had to find a new way to define um, my, my spirituality. And I had to find a new way to define my uh, religious traditions. And through that process in, in um, you know, discovering Mormonism and all that, I had, uh, you know, I had come to a realization that my my spiritual my spirituality will never change; it just evolves. But it's the the religious tradition, the way in which I choose to define my spirituality that changes, and I think it changes for a lot of people as well. Oh, absolutely! And I mm-hmm. I love the fact of how committed you are uh, at a time in your life where you know a, a lot of people your age. You said you're 24 now. Hmm. Okay, that you're, you know, you're, you're here. You are focusing on, um, you know, being a difference maker in the world, and um, I was just very inspired about that with you. Mm-hmm. And um, within the body of your of your book, um, do you address some of the things that we can do um, to make a difference through the mind's eyes? Um, yeah, you know, the, the, the title of the book itself, um, you know, through mind's eyes, it's almost like opening up your third eye. And if you're familiar with that, that whole uh, mantra about the third eye, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a sort of an awakening event. You see the world, what, what you strive to do is you strive to see the world through a new set of eyes. And my mantra is, is that, 
when things happen to you, when events occur in your life, when people come and go from your life, um, instead of experience, not only should you experience it for what they are, but you should also experience it to what they mean for your future. For example, I never knew that, oh, this one person I meet will define, will change the way I define my life, you know, two months, two years down the road. Um, you know, and I, I still, uh, even to this day, I still take experiences from my past. Um, whenever something happens, I take these experiences from my past and say, this person or this event had taught me something that now I can apply to um, what's occurring now. And that will change what will occur into the future. And, um, you know, I, I, I see that a lot of people in my generation um, especially, but I think in general people, um, I define them as they either don't know or they don't care. So those who don't know just go through the motions, and then they're not being authentic with the way in which they express their um, spirituality. And those are the people that you see in, in congregations that are disengaged with what's happening. And my belief is that if you choose to define yourself as something, that you should live that something out. You should do what um, you should do. What uh, you should do the expression. You should uh, you know do the religion. Um, you shouldn't be a passive um, engager in in whatever tradition you choose to define your spirituality as. You should be an active person. You should do what um, you know your your heart tells you you should do what your um, you should do what your spirituality, your spiritual um, evolution, your spiritual mantra tells you to do, and it can take the form of any any religious tradition or none at all, or you know you create something of your own. Um, and then the people who don't care are those who tend to um, you know they they're just disenfranchised with religion in general. They they take life as it comes. They're not activating that spiritual side of themselves, and it, it's a big problem because I feel like that the majority of people that I see or meet are disengaged with that nature. Because you have that spiritual nature about yourself, and you need to engage that while living your life because you never know when your day of you know you never know when your last day is. And so my my understanding is that you should live each day. But you should also be engaged, you know, fully. You should understand all the experiences. You should understand the meaning of all the people that come into your life. And then you apply that to the way in which you conduct yourself, the way in which you think, you act, you talk, you walk. Does that kind of make sense? It absolutely does. It's, it's something that we're kind of... Um you know, wanting to really stress with people all the time is that mm -hmm. you must go from just being passionate about something to actually participation. Right. You know, and, I, that, and that's part of what I love about what you're speaking about is mm -hmm. that, um, especially with your generation, is because, and I think that that's part of what we're seeing in people from your generation they don't want to just hear these broad theories and ethereal mm -hmm. meanings. Um, as uh, Dr. Ernest Holmes of Science of Mind would say, we're investing in way too much theory and not enough practice. You know, mm -hmm. we can get all, all caught up in those kind of things, but not really taking any kind of action and right. um, making that connection. So absolutely is how to put feet on what you're doing. Um, somebody once said, if we don't stand for something, we will fall for anything. Mm -hmm. Right? And, right. And in that, in that space of standing for something, what you're saying is, if I really believe in something, then it's, it's up to me to make some kind of action towards what I believe. And, of course, right. if everybody would do a little bit of a little something, nobody would have to do a whole lot of anything um, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, right? Right. And, you know, I think that that whole mantra of mine came from a personal experience as well. You know, when I had a, 
you know, in, in my process of being the active Catholic for the number of years that I was, um, I became disenfranchised with uh, the way that, you know, my, my views did not align completely with the way in which, you know, my upbringing um, and then my activity had, had um, I guess, had a, what's the word I'm looking for, had a, had taught, so my te- my my uh, my understanding didn't align with their teaching. So I was looking for something that aligned more with what I thought. And okay. I'm a you know, and and through my studies at the university uh, up in Boulder, um, I had uh, you know come to learn that even religious traditions have an evolution of their own. They go from the founder to what they are today, but it's not a straight course. There are all these valleys and curves and forks in the road and decisions that had to be made to get to where they're at today. And, you know, I can apply a lot of that to my personal life as well as I started out as defining myself spiritually as this kind of person. But as my understanding had changed... And it's not the same for everybody because obviously there are people who switch from one to the other and go back and, you know, it's, it's about the expression. And as your life changes, the way in which you want to express your spirituality also changes with it. It's never a straight course. Right, exactly. Well, we are talking today with Ryan Hyde. You can go to his website uh, during the break time, Ryan, R-Y-A-N-J-Hyde.com. Learn more about him. Follow his blog. He's a guy that's action-oriented and doing a lot of great things. We'll be right back following this short break. Thank you for being with us. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity online radio and click on mobile listening. Culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful? Spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. 
Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for your intentional listening today. We're talking with Ryan J. Hyde. He is a difference maker by being willing to make a difference. He is the author of the book, Through Mind's Eyes. And he Mm -hmm. is uh, a spiritual activist. He is a mover and shaker. He was at the Parliament of the World Religions because he really sees that common thread within each and every one of us. Ryan, um, Mm. what are some of the things that that you do. Um, I also wanted to ask you, what is C-City? You're the brainchild of C-City and the high. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> um, You're so a busy yeah. guy well, you, for 24. I'm a... Oh, yeah. Well, you know, um, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my uh, side projects, um, you know, are, are things that, you know, have been in development for a number of years. So, like, you know, like you said, there's this project, a city called C-City, and that's, um, you know, that project has, I have, I, I was a brainchild that back in 2003. And, um, How you know, you like. Eight? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, seriously. So I mean, I could, uh, you know, there are some, I have, I still have pictures and charts and maps of, of what originally, you know, what the city was um, originally. Um, and uh, as uh, I got my degree in urban planning, and so, you know, obviously as my, as my life had developed, <laughs> that city itself became more complicated. <laughs> um, but, you know, going back to kind of uh, my book, um, uh, so, you know, I guess, uh, you know, the, the num- a number of things, a number of themes occur throughout my book. Um, and uh, my book is, it's a very long book, but uh, there are some common threads throughout the book, a lot of which I never realized until I actually published it and went through the book myself. Um, you know, the most important thing, I think, for, for me is to, to live authentically. And that's something that I try to do every single day in my life. Um, so my website, in addition to being my spiritual blog, um, it has a number of different little side projects that I have worked on for a number of years as well. Um, and, you know, I want people to see that side of me. Um, you know, I am also a real estate agent, so I have that real estate side of me as well. Um, so there's a lot of different facets to my life and what I, what I bring and, and different pieces of knowledge that I kind of uh, try to blend together. And, you know, as I, as I get older, as I gain more knowledge, I find that a lot of these, a lot of these things that I do um, have a lot, of, a lot of common threads. So being a spiritual author, I think, makes me a better um, urban planner, which I think makes me a better real estate agent because I can connect with people differently. And, um, you know, a lot of it, you know, a lot of it just kind of blends together. Um, I learn a lot of different things from different um, different degrees that I have, different studies I've undertaken, and you know, I'm still in the process of trying to figure out <laughs> where it all where it all will lead. But you know, I, I think that as <laughs> so I get I. older, it will. We all are. Right. So, <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the life club of humanity. You know, because right. we we're all. You know, unfolding in that all the time, and I, I, I will say that I, that I trust and know that you will stay that way, um, because oh, yeah. people that that live in the world of everything that they know is more guided mm-hmm. by uh, the intellect, and the intellect is very mm-hmm. beautiful. But the greatest mm-hmm. place to live, as taught by all masters, is to live right. in the unknown, the what we don't know mm-hmm. yet. 
And that's not guided by the head. That's guided by the heart. So right. I hold that for you, that you'll stay in that in that place of youth. Uh, because, you know, when you and I met, you just thought we were the same age right away. <laughs> I remember that so clearly. It's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you were the same age as I am. And it's like, because that's what comes from a life of an open heart is that we are ageless spirits. And, right. Um, and so in that in that development, we're always wanting, you know, because to be always in what we know, quite frankly, it gets very stagnant and it, and it yeah. gets really boring. And I, I really feel for people and structures and boards, board of trustees and directors and leaders that they're just so determined to do it the way they just did it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like what, you know, with all of infinity available, <laughs> wouldn't you be willing just to step on the limb just a little bit, you know? Beyond, right. don't want to do it that way. To what way is wanting, you know, wanting to happen through, through me? So, right. yeah, right. I really and, like yeah. uh, that a lot about you. Um, so good, good. You stuff, know, you yeah. know, and you know, a lot of it too is, you know, I I want to leave. I'm already thinking about the legacy that I leave behind. I want oh. to. I I don't want to be just me. And I think a lot of people strive to to be in it just for them or for their needs or for for what's happening now. And you know, I'm a you know I'm a firm believer in in being in the moment. Um, but I also think that we should always have our thought on what had happened and what will happen because it guides what is happening now. Where you have been brings you to where you are at now, but you should always have that end goal. You should always strive for something, and that something should always be greater than yourself because when you die, you always have to think about, you know, when my last day is here, when the clock has run out for me, what am I leaving behind that people will remember me for? And, you know, I, I don't I don't think that a lot of people I don't believe that a lot of people have have thought that far through. They don't think when they're young, you know, how do I want to define myself? What is my identity? And then through that identity we figure out what kind of legacy then we can leave behind. What kind of wisdom can we pass on to those who come after us? You know, what kind of wisdom or knowledge do we have that can define what someone else may be thinking. And then that has been kind of a, a really, uh, a really, um, really big guiding force for, for my life, for how I think, for, you know, all these little projects I have is like, well, what if someone a hundred years down the road sees this and says, this was a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, they see my book and I'm long dead or, you know, it's been a couple hundred years and it's like, this guy had some really innovative ideas, you know, and, and I think that, you know, if you start out young, you have a better, you have more opportunity to build your brand, especially with the, the internet and everything and how, how things are moving so quickly, you know, it's paramount that, you know, I think that we can start, start with these processes when we're younger and we have that mindfulness, we have that mindset of, I should always be thinking about how I define myself. And when you're defining yourself as somebody, you have to be authentic. You have to own that identity. And then you have to express that identity and however you choose to express that. And you should always remember to leave something that you can pass on behind and say, this is my life. This is how I expressed it. This is why it's important for others to understand this. And I think that, you know, the great masters, uh, great teachers, they always strove. They, they started from a young age. They started to understand. They started to see the world as it was at the time. And then they started to think for themselves and started to write things down. They started to gather this, these resources so that it can be passed on after they had, pa- you know, it can pass on after they had passed on. 
Uh, totally, totally. And and what I what I um, love about your 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 way of being, and it, it's so neat to talk to you because it so uh, resonates. It's what I say so often: is I would rather be uh, living the book, you know, mm-hmm. writing the book I'm living versus mm-hmm. writing the book that I want to go to the marketplace. And because you're talking about an area that I would love more people to be practicing, and that is is branding isn't just a website or social media. Branding, branding isn't just the name of your book. Branding is wherever you are. Um, right. and, being, and being the best you can clear about that definition, I mm-hmm. at times have been appalled when I've met an author you know, that's on Oprah or that's on different shows and they're talking about uh, the six ways to take steps uh, to show people they matter. And then you meet Mm -hmm. them in person and they won't give you the time of day and you're not important enough to be in their circle at the moment. And often they're rude. They're rude and it's kind of like, who wrote your book? You know, did you write your book? Um, And it, I just... Yeah, I don't, I don't get that, and I, it's not that I'm set out to. Mm-hmm. It's all pretty in its own life of naivete. You, do, you always give people credit that they are who they are, mm-hmm. but they also have a way of proving to you at times through those day to day events. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just I, there's there's a number of people that I that I met uh, after I read them, read their mm-hmm. work. That I, I love the idea of what I read better. <laughs> right. You're reading yeah. someone else's life experience. You are, yes. you know, in real you know, in real estate, for example, I see this happening all the time because there are a million different ways to generate business, you know, when you're in business for yourself. And everyone's telling you essentially how they became successful. And it's like, well, I don't want to know how you became successful because what's successful for you isn't necessarily going to be successful for me. I need someone who is looking at it from an objective standpoint and say, how, how can this, this broad definition define the way in which I do something? And, you know, another thing that I'm a firm believer in is that you should always take the applications. You know, you shouldn't read what you, you shouldn't read, for example, when you're reading about the life of Jesus, it's not always about the literal, but you should always take it um, in a in an allegorical sense and say, what can this lesson help, what can this lesson teach me about how I apply my life in this situation or in that situation. When Jesus was doing all of his parables, when he was speaking in parables, he was speaking in the language of those he was talking to so that they could understand and apply those teachings, those methods, those ways of thinking to their life. So when a situation like that comes up, they are able to take from that story and say, you know, this person had approached it from a completely different way than what I might have approached it in. And so, you know, in order for me to become a better thinker, in order to meet, in order for me to become a better person, more enlightened, I need to take this, this, this lesson, this, this mindset that this person had, and then give that to whatever situation I'm in. And it's something that I stress as well. It's not necessarily about the the literal interpretation of anything. It is about the application of those interpretations to whatever situation you are in. So when I talk about a situation I was in, I speak very broadly because it's not about the people. It's not about the place. It's not about the event. It is about how I thought and how I thought about the event and how I approached the event and then what happened afterwards, and what I learned from the event, and say, now take this, apply it to whatever situation you're in in life, and go out into the world and do, do as I, you know, speak as I speak, think as I think. 
because no one's life is the same. So you've got you to apply it to whatever situation you're in. Absolutely. You know, I love it. I'm ready to wear a Ryan Hyde t-shirt. Send me one. I'll put that thing on. Well, give us some, give us some thoughts about, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I spoke the other night uh, at a addiction counselor. I was the keynote for counselors that travel all over and they deal specifically with addiction. And mm-hmm. uh, the guy before me talked about the horrific facts on how many children under 13 are dying from heroin. And mm-hmm. and uh, I, 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 I felt he was bold and brave. Uh, I mm-hmm. love the fact that he wasn't calling it something else. You know, like people call putting animals to sleep. Uh, that's a mm-hmm. very convenient way of saying we murder them that many mm-hmm. every year because we're, we don't think we can come up with solutions or we're not bright enough or whatever. So I, mm-hmm. I felt spot on about what he was about, but I also felt a little bit of the energy of, you know, like Mother Teresa would say, I will be glad to stand for peace, but I'm not going to fight about war. And so... Right. Uh, how, how do you sit with that, uh, Ryan? And what are some of the things you could advise us right now to do uh, through the mind's eye that you see mm-hmm. as potential thoughts for us as we move forward? Well, you know, I think that, you know, um, we, we, have, we live through our life, and it's not always going to be hunky-dory. It's not always going to be, you know, good things just happen all the time. No, you are a human on this planet, and bad things are going to happen to you. And it's all, you know, it's all been planned from the very beginning that we go into this world, we come into this world as a spiritual creature, we take on this form of humanity, and it is a test for us. You know, we will be tested. It's, you know, life is all about um, getting through the good, um, you know, appreciating the good things and, and getting through the bad things. So when a bad thing happens to you, and we see this all too often, is people react very negatively to even the most mundane things. And, you know, most of my spiritual journey happening while I was a teenager, a young, a young person, you know, there's all these ups and downs in life because you're trying to discover different things. You're trying to discover who you are, who you're compatible with, you know, all that kind of stuff. Your emotions are just wreaking havoc on you. (laughs) And, you know, what a lot of people do is that, you know, they take those situations, they they become resentful, they become angry, um, they keep it all in, they hold grudges, they, they commit harm to innocent people, they commit harm to themselves. And those are the kinds of people who aren't learning from the experience. Every experience can be a learning opportunity. And when you're learning, uh, you, when you learn, you grow, and you're growing in wisdom, and you're growing in knowledge, and you're saying, okay, so this happened, what did I learn from this? What can I take away from it? How can I be a better person for the next time something like that happens? And it's not always going to be perfectly laid out for you, you know, but you're, you're kind of experimenting with, with how you react to certain situations. And when you react negatively in a certain situation, all you're going to get is that cycle of negativity, and ultimately you're just hurting yourself. If you take that experience and you learn from it, you move on, that, that negative experience may never happen again because you've learned from that experience the first time. And what a lot of people you know, don't understand is they repeat the same mistakes over and over and over and over again, and they never learn from their past mistakes. And it keeps happening to them because they haven't, they haven't taken in the essence of what has happened, of the people, of the places, of the times, of the events. Mm, yeah, ab- absolutely. It, it reminds me of that story, autobiography of life. Are you familiar with that one? Mm-hmm. I love um, that. I, 
hurt. You know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's the one about uh, I'm walking down the street and I fall in a hole. Oh, you yeah. I okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. Now. yeah, it's a powerful one. Well, we'll tell it to our listeners again because I can never hear it too many times. I, I walk down the street. There's a hole in the street and I fall in it and I get out. Chapter 2, I walk down the same street. The hole's in the sidewalk. I fall in it. Chapter 3, mm-hmm. I walk down that same street. I fall in that hole. I can't believe I'm there again. And chapter mm-hmm. 4 is I walk around the hole. And chapter 5 is I take a different street. <laughs> and, you know, with like, hello. So I like right. what you're saying about the, and, and that's a, a key thing that often mm-hmm. people are so quick to forget is we may not have control over everything that comes our way, but mm-hmm. what comes our way, we have control of whether it takes our day, our month, our years, or our lifetime. That's the right. part we have full choice and full agreement with um, mm-hmm. of how enrolled we're going to get or how many mm-hmm. committees we're going to involve in that in that particular thing. It makes right. all the all the difference in the, in the world. Do you feel that uh, we are starting to see a new generation of people that are really putting energy into uh, helping with hunger, um, supporting some of the changes in consciousness that we're all striving for, and more um, more connection to our planet. Um, well, yeah, and I actually am starting to see a little bit of that. Um, you know, in in my studies, um, I had understood that history is not only a linear a linear trajectory. Like we're never going to be at the same date that we were ever again. But it's also a cyclical. So the the events that are happening, the things that are happening um, in this world, um, both as a society and as individuals they come in cycles. So at the same time that we see all this war and bloodshed in this world, we're also seeing an awakening of people who have a different way of going about things. And this isn't the first time it's happened. It has happened before, but it always happens within a cycle. So we always go, you know, from this complete enlightened stage, and then, you know, it it always goes back down to the bottom, and then it always comes back up again. And I think we're starting to see that cycle. Um, we're starting to see uh, a new way of thinking, but it's not really a new way of thinking. It is the the resurrection of an old way of thinking that has been suppressed for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And it's only taken till now for us to not only have the freedom to think this way, but also to express it in, in whichever way we, we choose to in, whatever way we choose to express that. Absolutely. We're just recycling, aren't we? Right. Yeah. Time and time again, we're just, we're just recycling and, you know, people that start chanting and different things. And I always urge uh, the members or the connections with our spiritual community is please don't be saying all these things about the world. Don't be calling our world names. Don't be saying it's in horrible shape and, it's a mess because you're just praying that kind of stuff in. How can you be thinking about right. your words have power and saying that kind of stuff? Don't feed that kind of stuff because the world has right. been going through evolution and changes since the beginning right. of whatever that beginning is. It's right. just that, first of all, we hear about a lot more things now, and it's all studied mm-hmm. based upon advertisement. Advertising dollars mm-hmm. make a big choice with what's featured on the news. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the part that I get so passionate about is how can people as intelligent as we are not know that? You know, if right. they ever want anybody to click on constant negative news, they just put a shark story. It sells. Right. You know, right. it sells. And, yeah. and you and I are going to get bit by a shark as much as we're going to get herded by cattle. And kill, right. you know, it's just, it's crazy, absolutely, lovingly crazy. It's joyful. <laughs> it's insanity. Right. And, 
<laughs> right. And yeah. And you know, when, you know, we've seen this before cause we can read about this, this happened, you know, a couple thousand years ago when people like, um, the Buddha and Jesus and Lao Tzu, and they, they came with all this knowledge and this wisdom, but at the same time, the world was in a bad state. And my belief is that, um, since the year I, I put, I put a, a, a soft date of, you know, 1800 on there because that's really kind of when that whole process started of the world getting to a worse place but at the same time the the spirituality and certain people starting to blossom and these people came with they're not new ideas but they were new for the times that they were in because the the ideas that came 2,2500 years ago they had since been suppressed and now we're starting to understand that um, these old ideas seem new because we we hadn't heard them in you know 1500 years Mm-hmm. And when you don't hear about them, when you have generation after generation of people not hearing these things, they seem new. But they're actually recycled, they're, they're recycled ideas that were suppressed and that, are, that had managed to find a way to break out. And that happens at the same time that the world, our societies, start going at war with each other or start abusing our planet's resources, you know, things like that, living in a life of extravagance, and, you know, and at at the same time that this starts to happen, the, the spiritual essence of who we are as, as a species cries out to us and says, this is not the way that this is not the way in which we intended to live. This is not, this is a very strong test of our spiritual essence. And our spiritual essence is crying out to us to, to go back, to understand the simpler way of living, to understand that it's not about the extravagance. It's not about the wars. It's not about what you see, what you hear, what you do. It's about the way in which you think it's about that that mindfulness that's just that's kind of taking on a life of its own but also yelling back at you and saying you're what you're doing is not okay and you know it deep right. down you know it exactly deep down you know it well ryan right. hi i'm so glad that deep down you know it and that you know that um you're open to what is still Becoming known to you. I want to mm-hmm. remind everyone to go to Ryan's website, R Y A N, Ryan J Height, that's H I T E dot com. Learn more about him, sign up for his blog, look at what he's into because I know that we're going to look back to this day and go, wow, I remember that guy was on Unity Online Radio and now look at him. Go, Ryan, go. <laughs> Um, I also want right. to remind all of you that if you are loving these types of conversations, which are about change, which are about being intentional, um, please continue to forward these shows to your friends because of you, sh- our shows are being heard all over the world. And thank you for your continuing support to Unity Online Radio, this great voice for the awakening world. Visit us at firstunity.org. And join me on templehays.com for daily inspirations and so much more. Thank you so much, Ryan, and continue to enjoy this amazing journey we call life. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org.
Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever stood by a railroad track when a fast train was approaching from a distance? As the train came nearer, the roar of the engine and the screech of the whistle seemed to rise in pitch and become louder. As it came alongside, it seemed larger than life and ready to engulf you. Then as the train passed by, the sound became lower in pitch and loudness until at last it was merely an echo in the distance. Just like that train, sometimes our experiences appear larger than life just before they pass us by. It seems they are going to engulf us and then suddenly they're gone. Perhaps you are in a larger than life situation right now. Changing your thoughts can result in positive changes in you and the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Ever notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Rev. Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name.
experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 